I'm Stuart Sheldon. My name's Ron Rothberg. 30 years ago, I was on Wall Street. I was the youngest vice president at my fancy company, but that's not what I wanted to do. After spending nearly 25 years in media, I knew things were changing, both in the industry and inside me. Swan Dive shares the powerful stories of those who had the clarity and backbone to make a major life pivot to their vision. I took a Swan Dive. I have been an artist ever since, and it's the best choice I ever made. Getting closer to who you really are. That's Swan Dive. For mountain biking pioneer Scott Nickel, his life course was set from his very first ride. That moment of freedom that you feel when you ride away, and I remember riding away from my, my, my dad was holding the seat, running alongside, you know, and I was like, I turned around, it's like, oh man, I'm on my own. You know, that feeling never, ever left me. It's something that uh, I feel every time I gotta get on a bike, you know, it's just like it, it, that, that feeling, that feeling of freedom. Freedom to spend a life doing what he loves every day. Founder of Ibis Bicycles, Scott Nickel, pedaling downhill on an all-new episode of Swan Dive right now. From the Peacock and Park Studios in Jacksonville, Florida, and in Costa Rica at the Fancy Nasty Studios, this is another edition of Swan Dive. Hello, I'm Ron Rothberg, and my friend and co-host, Stuart Sheldon. Hey, Stu, what's happening? Hey, 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 man, it's... uh. It's Thursday, which is the weekend for me, um, and that feels terrific. Uh, it's been a pretty cool week, I feel like. Justice is sort of being served in the world to some degree, perhaps, and that gives me a warm feeling. But what really gives me a warm feeling is our guest today, who's one of my favorite people and one of my dearest friends, um, and a, a bad mofo in his <laughs> world, and so... Uh, so yeah, Scott Nickel is the founder of Ibis Bicycles. They are sh- enjoying their 40th year anniversary this year, which is unbelievable. Uh, Scott was inducted into the Mountain Bike Hall of Fame. In fact, he's one of the people among a very small group who effectively invented mountain biking. Um, but more importantly, Scott is a fair, kind, honest, good human being that I deeply and truly love. And so... It is uh, with great pleasure that we welcome Scott Nickel to the mics. Hey, buddy. Hey, Stu. Wow, thanks for the intro. That was that was spectacular. Nice to meet you, Ron. Nice to meet you, too. You know, uh, you've, we've talked about Swan Dive a little bit. Swan Dive's this pivot of health, family, career, purpose, civil rights, all these different areas. But it seems to us or to you that the passion, passion, white-hot passion was something that fueled your life and your pursuits. Is that an accurate statement? That's absolutely accurate. Yeah. I've been, um, I've been really lucky in my life to be able to uh, work every day for the last 40 years doing something I absolutely love. And uh, not a lot of people, you know, have that, have that, that good fortune in their lives. Uh, So, so yeah, I'm, I'm, Count my blessings on a daily basis. We met, Scott and I met 30 years ago. I was at Velo News Magazine, and Scott was actually a writer for Velo News on the side uh, of his Ibis uh, company. You've always been full of joy, you know, and that, that, the fact that you were sort of going to, you know, playing at work, so to speak, um, was always very evident and very palpable. Uh, and you are, in fact, lucky for that. However, I want to make it clear to some folks, and in fact, I want to dive right into this, that 
that journey has been, you've, you've done your 10,000 hours and that journey has not been one straight shot to the moon. Um, I met you 10 years into your company uh, and, and 10 years later, you're, you know, you sold your company in distress and, and the folks bankrupted it and, uh, and things went, were, were dark. Uh, subsequently, you've reeled it back in. But why don't you just kind of take us a little bit on the emotional roller coaster uh um of of that experience um to to whatever level you want because it hasn't all been rosy and i want people to recognize that even though you have a charmed life yeah you know it, it it's got its uh it's a dark side as well yeah it's it's uh so what we like to say about about the bike industry and having a bike company is you know if it was easy everybody would do it and it's not easy it requires a tremendous amount of work. And we've definitely, as you mentioned, had our ups and downs. Uh, but 40 years into it, we're, uh, we're flying high right now. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I attribute that to surrounding myself with really good people uh, who all uh, share a vision and work really, really hard at doing the best that we can every single day. I hope that doesn't sound too cliche. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But what, what what's really interesting is, you know, to the start of mountain biking. I, it, it makes, you know, people didn't ride off roads, right, when you started doing this. I remember years and years ago when I was a little kid, my dad had Sports Illustrated magazine, and he showed me this article about these skateboarders and these polyurethane wheels that you could go vertical, right? And yeah. I'm like, wow, that changed the game. You changed like the game, like you were part of the game changers. And how do you go down that path that's never been trudged upon? Well, there was a, some simultaneous evolution happening in the late 70s. Uh, a bunch of people in different places in the world were doing similar things to what I was doing. And that is making old Schwinn balloon tire bikes uh, that, that I, used, I used to use it on my paper route. And uh, we would convert those into bikes with gears that you could go up and down mountains with rather than having just a single speed. You know, we'd have multiple gears and we'd have good brakes and and all that. So uh, funny you should mention a Sports Illustrated article. I saw an article in Coevolution Quarterly in <laughs> 79 or something like that. You know, the whole earth catalog people. And um, it was about these guys in Marin County doing uh doing the same thing i was doing with mountain bikes they'd taken it a you know a little step further and um joe breeze my dear friend had had built the first purpose-built mountain bike and uh so i got in touch with these guys and that is that you know that that's the moment that um that i i found my 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 tribe and my posse and uh we started hanging out together in in 1980 and still do you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a wonderful, it's the, the thing that I love most about, the, about the, not about the industry that I'm in is the, the people I get to hang out with. I mean, that's how I met Stu, you know, was that an yeah. instantaneous, you say you reached out to them. Was that like, Hey man, there's this guy that wants to steal our secret sauce or were they welcoming of your inquiry? Uh, very welcoming. Um, they were a bunch of, um, guys from, um, well, there are various places around the Bay Area, but a lot of them didn't have driver's licenses or, or cars, even though we were in our 20s. They just rode their bikes everywhere. 
And we wanted to go to Crested Butte. You know, they, there was a big trip planned to Crested Butte, Colorado for the annual Pearl Pass tour. And uh, it, it had happened once before. And uh, they, uh, I asked them if I could join them on this. And they said, well, do you have a car? And I said, yeah. So, yeah, well, come on over. Well, you can drive us. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> whether or not they wanted to protect any secrets, they uh, they didn't let on. But uh, we we got along just famously on that trip. Everybody did. Several several cars actually went out together. And it was, you know, that that was that was the moment um, w- that that trip was the time when when I made the decision to uh, to go ahead and just I'm gonna I'm gonna start building bikes, and yeah. uh, I didn't really have a plan to be in the, do it for the next forty years. Uh, I just made a bike, and and uh, after I apprenticed with a couple of those guys that I met on that trip, actually, but I made a bike, and somebody said, "Hey, will you make me one?" And I said, "Sure, I'll make you a bike." And uh, fast forward forty years, we're still making bikes for people. So it's that, that, that was definitely a, a pivotal moment in my life um, that, that set me on, on that path. And that moment when you decided to call these guys, I mean, your thought process at that moment was these guys are doing cool stuff and I just want to know more about it. Cause I like to learn about cool stuff or like, what was it more than that? Or, you know, how, how, what, what was your sort of intention? I feel like I had, you know, found my posse. I'd, I'd identified people with, with uh, you know, similar, you know, similar interests. Uh, I'd been, I'd been in a bit of a vacuum up in uh, Mendocino where I was living for a while. And also in the East Bay where I grew up, uh, East San Francisco Bay area. And, uh, you know, I cruise around the walnut orchards behind my house on my, on my fat tire bike, but I was the only guy doing it. And, and so, and then, you know, I, and I started, I got that bike, uh, when I was 11 years old and I, and I rode it every single day. And, um, and so it was, it was this great, great discovery to find these other people who were doing this same thing that I was doing. And, right. and so that, you know, that was the, the genesis of getting me, uh, over there to Marin County to meet these guys. And they were super, super kind and welcoming and, like, yeah, come and join the tribe. Right. They, they validated your insanity of the only guy riding a bike in a walnut yeah. orchard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, they had Mount, I rode on Mount Diablo and they had Mount Tamalpais. So, you know, we, we each had our, our little, uh, you know, fiefdoms there. But uh, they're the ones who really, um, you know, between Joe Breeze and Gary Fisher and Charlie Kelly and Charlie Cunningham and a whole host of other people, Tom Ritchie, uh, they, they really popularized it. And, um, I was, I was, I was just, you know, right on their, right on their heels basically. Yeah. And for those of you not in the bicycle world, the names that Scott just reeled off and Scott's name are basically like the names that are the signers of the declaration of independence (laughs) only in the bike world. So um, in the mountain bike world specifically, you know, one of the things that I love about you, Scott, is that you, whatever you're into, you take a deep dive um, into it. I'll never forget one of the many times that I slept at your place and went to bed in a drunken stupor. I noticed that that weekend um, that at your bedside table, you had a book about three or four inches thick on Pinot Noir because you like to drink (laughs) Pinot Noir. So like who doesn't read a hardcover book four inches thick on Pinot Noir on their bedside? I mean, 
I, I can't I can't imagine. But uh, you, yeah, you, you I do like deep, the deep man. You, you, you take yeah. a forty year dive when you you like cycling, right? Oh, I think I'll just yep. spend the next forty years into that. So that's interesting though, because there wasn't a book about those bikes you were making. You know, again, mm. you're the only no. guy in the orchard right there. Um, you know, where did you where did you get the information you needed, or did you just self teach yourself all the things that were needed? Yeah. So so. Th- that that kind of brings up another um just just something that was formative in my life and and uh a, a few years ago we we did a massive remodel on our house and um my wife was saying where did you learn this you know where did you learn to do this and i said well i didn't i just figured it out and uh i remember something that my dad um who was a, who was a tinkerer, you know, he was a, he was an engineer, but he, uh, he was always building stuff. And I remember something he said to us, uh, I'm, I'm one of four boys. And, and uh, he said to us long ago was that, uh, the only two things I won't try are automatic transmission repair and brain surgery. <laughs> so anything else was open, open, you know, he was like, yeah, I'll get, I'll, I'll, I'll work on anything, you name it. Um, you know, he was, he was a self-made self-taught engineer, and so he instilled that in us. And that's what um, I think allowed me to have the confidence to just say, I'm going to build a bike. And, uh, and you know, I did, I did enlist help before I started actually building frames. The, the first bikes I built were, you know, existing frames that I highly modified with gears and brakes and all this kind of stuff. So, um, so I've, I've never been really hampered by, ooh, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. Uh, so much. So it was a great little lesson for my dad. Like, well, just go for it. Yeah, that is such an homage to your dad. And I and and another thing that you've done that that is you've always kept it fun and you've kept it light. And you know, you're in a you're in a very engineering centric space. And the geometry needs to be right. And the physics. There's a lot of physics that goes into what you do, especially when you're doing it at the level of of excellence that you're doing it, but you always had fun. You always, the names of Scott's bikes and everyone can go to ibiscycles.com. I urge you to, if for no other reason, read the copy on the site because Scott writes it and it's hilarious, <laughs> but they're, they know the bikes were called the Hakalugi and, and, and all these other, and, and, and they had a little thing that held a cable called the hand job, which was a little beautifully sculpted little hand that a, a piece cable of jewelry. Ran. Yeah. The cable, yeah. the cable ran through. It was hilarious. I had, I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, so it, it it's just a lesson in life that don't take yourself too seriously, and uh, and and it it only adds credibility, uh, I think, to to whatever you do if you don't, especially if the product you're making is as good as as your product is. Yeah, um, we make you know we like to make really really excellent products, but we we also like to make fun of ourselves. You know, we have a we we've kind of always had kind of a self-effacing. Um, humor component of our of our marketing if you will you know but it's who we really are you know we're yeah we're we're serious about our um about the quality of our bikes and we're you know we don't have any uh qualms about um making fun of ourselves (laughs) did that change over time did that adapt or was that always there did you always have a hand job on your bike (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, you know, in these days of, uh, slightly more PC, um, behavior, it's no longer called the hand. Well, it, 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 it's actually obsolete, you know, because it was, whole, it, it held a brake cable that's no longer on the bike, you know? So, um, so we skirted that, but yeah, there were definitely, you know, now that our company is, 
is you know global and people are are looking at us with with a higher level of scrutiny we definitely have to pay a little bit more attention and some of that some of that mirthful fun is uh uh, has been uh, put by the wayside a little bit, but we still have a great time. You know, we st- it's still a very fun company. Yeah. It seems where you've positioned yourself as the eminence grease there and the kind of visionary from the start is that you you get to be the guy that kind of goes around the world riding bikes and, and you know, drinking beers. <laughs> That's kind of your job description. I mean, obviously yeah. you're sitting on the meetings on design and stuff, but but in, but you are the the lovely, beautiful, warm, fuzzy face of the company that that who really is out there, like you know, on the trails and on the road, riding with riding with your 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 squad, your customers, your distributors, your your dealers, everybody. Am I right? You are right. Yeah, that was in the before times, you know. Uh, and it'll be <clears throat> it'll be that way again in the after times once we're through all this. But uh, but yeah, I'm definitely uh, thought of as the face of the company, and and I like to travel. I like to go, you know, visit other places and ride my bike all over the planet. I mean, one of the one of the things that that was um, was pivotal was was realizing that my my vocation could be my avocation, you know, and the um <clears throat> one of the funny i was looking up the the meaning of the the dictionary meanings of those words and um the av- an avocation is an activity outside your normal occupation and um i i just sort of didn't really want that to be i didn't want it to be outside my normal occupation i wanted my my avocation to be what i did normally you know so so i've been really lucky and then that i get to travel all over the world and ride my bike and when i take a vacation you know what i do i go ride my bike i've been doing it for all these years and i and i'm i'm never tired of it you know i just every single day i get to ride my bike i'm i'm stoked well you said uh before times and after times uh referring to covid Um, yeah COVID has been actually uh, an incredible accelerant to the bike industry. Uh, there's been more bikes sold this year than ever before. I know my friend that has a shop down the street can't get product. Uh, it's very interesting to see what happened that we slow down and then we mount our steed with two wheels mm-hmm. and, and have yeah. some fun with it. Uh, did you see that with your uh, company this year? Yeah, we, we just got off our best year ever by a long shot. And, um, we, you know, we, California was very early on the shelter in place uh, orders. So we shut down our, our company in, in around March 15th or 18th, something like that of last year. And we petitioned the city of Santa Cruz to allow us to, Santa Cruz is where our headquarters are. Uh, we petitioned the city to allow us to have a skeleton crew, uh, which they accepted um, so that we could, you know, keep, uh, getting bikes out to customers because um, because frankly you know that was a uh, bikes are a good good way of getting around when you don't want to risk taking public transportation so um, <clears throat> so we were actually considered essential and with a skeleton crew for a couple of months we were able to um, you know like we stopped selling soft goods and things like that we just focused on getting bikes out the door and we actually beat our numbers from the prior april which was um Amazing. a little sobering considering we, we just ran this skeleton crew 
everybody realized that, wait a minute, I can still be outside and get my exercise. I may not be able to go to the gym or drive to the mountains or do this or that or the other thing, but I can ride my bike. So yeah, that was the, the first hint that the boom was upon us. And indeed you're right, Ron, it's just been, been absolutely nuts for everybody in the bike industry. We, we have, we are sold out for the year. Uh, some of our models are sold out till March of 2022. Um, we've done all of our purchasing, which is which is critical and crucial to the end of 2022 already. I mean, it's it's we've never seen anything like this. It's just it's just been been crazy. And and we, you know we're we're faced with these amazing uh, challenges right now of uh, you know constantly testing our employees. Um, we had a we had a tragic um covid um death by one of our uh, one of our employees passed away from covid um who he he contacted over christmas um and unfortunately he was uh you know somewhere around 50 years old and uh, just it just hit him the wrong way and he passed away so we're super super cautious at ibis and we we uh, test our employees regularly we've got it we tested last week we're testing everybody again next week um, and, uh, we're, you know, we're, despite these challenges have managed to, um, have a banner year, uh, through, you know, tremendous, tremendous efforts by our employees. Now we have, now there's like 30 container ships sitting off the port of Long Beach waiting mm-hmm. to offload, uh, derailers and, and cassettes and, and things for us, you know, so just, just, and, you know, cause a lot of the port workers have COVID or, just the sheer increase in in goods coming over here have, have increased right. so um tons of challenges but um man with a really good crew we've managed to uh, come out of it uh, pretty well so far we're 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 definitely the lucky ones in this in this um in this pandemic yeah you know the 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 uh i, I think i see some sort of um advertising campaign in there where uh you know ibis cycles essential the governor of yeah. California said so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm sorry about your 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 colleague. That's a, that's heavy stuff. Um, you know, one of the things that I also suspect is that you have one of the more fun companies to work at, and everybody's really grateful to be there. Yeah. It's 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 been it's been really fun. Um, I I'm, I miss it. We don't have it. We don't have you know it right now because we're su- we're hyper hyper cautious. Sure, and, you know, and and I res- you know nothing but but respect for that. Um, yeah. So forty years, you know, not not many people get to look back at at a straight sort of line of forty years. My question is, looking back, since not many people can really look back forty years, what would you tell your younger self? If there's any bit of wisdom or a nugget you could share with with Scott at 26 years old, what what would you say? What would you what would you recommend? You know, there were there were definitely some those 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 times that um, were leading up to the the sale of the company uh, that you that you mentioned at the beginning, Stu. Um, that you know that those were those were definitely some trying times in in the company. But now, when I look at where the company is, uh, you know, go, having gone through a sale and then watching the people who who purchased it uh, bankrupt it, those were sad times. But man, the company now is flying. You know, we are we are doing so well 
and that wouldn't have happened if that you know that dark period hadn't happened. So um, that seems like an obvious choice. Is a you know or an obvious one is to say, well, you know, prevent that sale from happening and and um, you know avoid that uh, you know the bankruptcy that those the people caused. But uh, I think the company is. I don't know what would have happened had uh, had you know the um, the transition to IBIS V2 had not happened. Um, so I don't really have a regret. You know, I I, I honestly don't. <laughs> and you shouldn't. I mean, listen. At the yeah. time, it was it was devastating and sad. And um, I was even trying to help you raise some money, but you know, it it was it, it was hard to really show the value of what you have there, but it only once it got sort of burned down to the ground and the mythology was what remained, which yeah. was, which, which uh, that, that spirit was so valuable and you weren't able to really fully manifest that until it wasn't there anymore. Mm. And, and, and it, except for, you know, in, in, in a legal kind of construct and then you yeah. went and grabbed it with a team of just absolute, you know, ninjas. Yeah. And, here, yeah. and, and, and then a very important thing happened, which was that you reinvented the product. And I think it bears yes. noting that, you know, you made, I had a, I had a, uh, you know, the original beautiful um, mojo in steel, yep. but then yes. you came back to the table in the early aughts in the, in the new V2 Ibis and yep. you, you introduced carbon fiber, you sat at the drawing board. Tell us about that a couple, three years, but you really decided to flip the, the script on um, like leading with form instead of function. I think that exactly. you're, you're yeah. an artist and that is the proof yeah. right there. You decided to come out and lead with form and make the function fit the form. Tell us about that. Cause that was incredibly courageous. And so that yeah, so that um, <clears throat> IBIS V two happened um, when uh, the when the bankruptcy happened. Uh, the the people who who purchased it, you know, they had it for twenty months, and then they went Chapter Seven, you know, full mm. nosedive, um, very different than a swan dive. And <laughs> um, they uh, so when that happened, um, there was. Um, a colleague of mine in the in the bike industry, someone who I'd admired for years and years and known for a long time, Hans Heim had just left his uh, company he co-founded, Santa Cruz. And Hans called me and said, "Hey, what's happening with Ibis?" I said, "Well, it's you know, it's Chapter Seven. And he goes, uh, "Well, I just sold my shares in in Santa Cruz, and I'm not done yet. And I want to, you know, I I think we should resurrect Ibis." And so I was I was had a very bad taste in my mouth for the for ibis at that point you know because of what had just happened and um was not really ready to dive back in but he convinced me and he brought some other brilliant brilliant people along and um one of them is roxy Lowe, our main designer and she's uh one of the only women bike designers in the industry and she's absolutely brilliant and she she um along with with hans and an industrial design team they are the ones who really created this this bike, this new mojo that you that Stu you just spoke of, and it it definitely was um, very different than the paradigm of bikes that we've been seeing. So, um, as you said, 
it, it was no, no longer a form follows function bike because, because bikes uh, are generally designed by engineers. They like triangles. They're made with tubes. So you join tubes together with lots of triangles and they're very strong, efficient structures, but maybe they're not super beautiful. And with the advent of carbon fiber, we could create these gorgeous organic shapes and everything could be then um, strength tested and stiffness tested and everything like that. So, you, so with these highly engineered structures, you can create beautiful works of art that are also highly, highly functional. So, so yeah, that was a, a big leap to do that. And also uh, going from to a carbon fiber was a, was a very big leap as well um, because it hadn't previously really been done with anything, any mass market um, mountain bikes. Everybody's very worried that they were going to break. Uh, so, so we did that. And then also we had some very innovative suspension ideas that were not yet tested. All three ended up being where the industry headed. So mm. we are very lucky that we are on the forefront of that. And, um, you know, big shout out to, to the team who, who made it happen. I mean, it was, you know, it was definitely a, a very, um, you know, very much a group, group effort. And, and our, you know, our company is, is, I mean, I think we're up to six engineers or seven engineers now. I mean, we're, and Roxy is still the, the, the designer, you know, she's still doing the pre pre predominantly making everything that we, that we have absolutely gorgeous. So um, I, I just to get to go out into the public and say, Hey, look at this thing we did. Well, you know, you guys basically talk about a swan dive, you know, a pivot to your vision, we call it. I mean, that was mm -hmm. the pivot to your collective vision. Um, and it's right, just, right. it just was a, you know, it was a missile launch and it was so forward thinking. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. And, and it all makes sense now, but at that moment when it was all a dice roll. Oh, um, it's all, it was all or nothing. No it question. was all or nothing, man. And yeah. I watched it happen and I just, the whole world watched it happen, but, uh, yeah. uh, uh, it, 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 everyone was cheering for you and, and you, and you did it and you revolutionized the game. You changed the game. <clears throat> And yeah, here we are, yeah. your best year ever, and and it's just, it's just magnificent. And so. the other, you know, the other thing is we we never, you know, we almost never exhale. You know, we are, I mean, our engineering meetings that we're having now, you know, talking about products into the future is just they're so fascinating. You know, it's just it's so great to see the stuff that we're working on, and and uh, the team is so engaged, and and we, you know we're a rider owned company. We all ride. And, and that really, really helps, uh, create the best possible products. So Stu said you revolutionize things. Do you look at yourself as a revolutionary? No, I don't. Not at all. <laughs> what do you see yourself um, as? I came up with a quote that I've, that I've, um, that I've kind of tried to live by for, for a long time. And uh, I don't know who that I don't know who this guy is. Do you know who Lawrence Persall Jacks is? Hmm. I've heard the name, but I can't place it. All right. Well, anyway, this is a quote by him, and it's it's sort of uh, embodies how I try to live. And uh, here's how it goes: A master in the art of living draws no sharp distinction between his work and his play, his labor and his leisure, his mind and his body, his education and his recreation. He hardly knows which is which. He simply pursues his vision of excellence through whatever he is doing and leaves others to determine whether he is working or playing. To himself, 
he always seems to be doing both. Yes. <laughs> Bravo. So that's, okay. So, so that's basically life goals right there, everybody. <laughs> right there. Our podcast is now complete. We're done. Just do that. Just and do that. Yeah. And winning. And we're winning. And I've been. That being said, I've, it sounds like you're retiring next year. <laughs> Why would he retire? Retire from what? The best life ever? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, and, and that, I mean, Believe me, you know, I am so lucky that in, in my position, I get to do that. You know, I mean, we, we, we work hard, you know, we all work really hard in the company, but, but I got to say every morning when I wake up, I look forward to what, what's ahead of me, you know, in, in, in Ibis world, you know, and it's, I mean, that's, oh boy, I, I, that, that, that incredible stroke of luck is not lost on me. You know, one of the things that we we talked about it in this podcast periodically is this notion of of productivity versus work and sort mm-hmm. of su- substituting the concept of productivity in, in for the pejorative word of work. Uh-huh. Um, we all have to pay the bills and we don't we don't diminish that at any at all and and that can be challenging for everyone. Um, however, you are a person who is productive every moment of of the day, and I've been by your side for countless moments. But you know, as a father of two young kids, I just hope and pray that my kids are productive every day. Because if they are, they win the game. And you happen to have found your lane in the bike world, so good on you. But it really is about that that work play, or just there's indistinguishable. And 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 you are mm-hmm. lucky, and I know that you know it, and it's so refreshing to see that beautiful face of yours just saying it out loud um let me ask you this so what looking back um, what are you what are you most proud of well i know that uh a lot of people on your podcast say you know proud of my kids you know but i don't have any so uh so i can't really i can't go down that road i'm sorry Um, i'm not proud of my kids (laughs) (laughs) no i i I mean, honestly, it's, I'm, I'm proud of IBIS, you know, I'll, uh, you know, it's been 40, it's been, you know, engrossed. I've been engrossed with it for 40 years of my life and I'm really proud of what it is. Um, you know, bikes are the, bikes are the, one of the most wonderful inventions on the planet. You know, they would, they, they would cure so many ills if everybody rode a bike every day, you know, um, I, I was, I was really stoked, uh, in the uh, last fall to, to uh, when the, when the campaigns were happening before the election to see these great photos of Joe Biden, you you know, it's 78 years old out riding his bike, you know, surrounded by secret service people. And it's like, yes, I was just, you know, that made me so, so incredibly happy, you know? And it's like, do you remember your first bike ride? Well, absolutely. So I distinctly remember my first bike ride, uh, it was um, in 1959, and it was uh, in the East Bay where I grew up. And my both of my, my folks had a had a regular eight camera, and they filmed it. And we have the film; it's on mm-hmm. our website wow. of me of my first pedal strokes. And the thing about that, the thing about bikes, is that for most kids who uh, who get to experience, um, riding bikes as, as youth, that is your first moment of freedom. That's the first time really that you get to escape the world that's dominated by your parents. That moment of freedom that you 
feel when you ride away. You know, I remember riding away from my, my, my dad was holding the seat running alongside, you know, and I was like, I turned around. It's like, Oh man, I'm on my own, you know, and that, that, you know, that feeling never, ever left me. It's something that uh, I feel every time I got get on a bike, you know, it's mm -hmm. just like uh, if that, that feeling, that feeling of freedom. And, um, you know, it, it, the riding bikes cures a lot of what ails people, you know, obesity, depression, heart disease, um, you know, gives you an endorphin rush. I mean, I'm an, you know, I'm a full evangelist for bike riding. Hmm. I, yeah. I do it. I do it every single day. <laughs> I feel it. I feel it right over here. You got me, you, you took me back. To, I remember, um, the same feeling of, wait, my dad's not holding my bike. I remember that. Yeah. I remember yep. that exact yeah. thing that you just said. So that yep. you said that your dad, you know, was this tinkerer. Uh, how did he feel about your success and how much success did he, was he able to see and enjoy <laughs> of yours? Um, hard to say, you know, I think, I, I mean, I mean, I know he was, he was, he was proud of it. He, he never was a, he was never a bike rider. So he, he couldn't really relate, you know, on that, on that, level so much. Um, but, um, he, he definitely he was, uh, he was, you know, excited to see I was doing something with my hands and, and building things. Cause that was, that was definitely Im, Im, important to him. But I do remember, um, a funny thing my mom said once, um, to, uh, and, and, uh, Stu, you know, you remember Kent Chilcott, um, he's like, Kent and I were taken off on a trip somewhere. And my mom, my mom said, Kent, take care of my errant son. <laughs> so the, 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 the three brother, I'm the oldest, the three brothers younger than me became uh, an architect, an engineer, and an accountant. So they all had real jobs, you know. <laughs> Classic, man. Classic. Yeah. You know what? There's a, there's, there are, I would dare say there are thousands, if not tens of thousands of people in the world that, that know you as Chuck Ibis, which is yes. his sort of stage name. And don't yep, even know yep. your name is Scott Nickel. There's probably yep. people you're so embodied. You're like, you have your just you absolutely. Know, your, oh, yeah. Pseudonym. Yeah. Um, my alter ego. Yep, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mm. Everybody calls him Chuck. It's, 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 fun. it's phenomenal. <clears throat> yeah. Wow, man. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, everybody out there, go to ibiscycles.com and uh, the bike started three grand and you can go up from there, but they're the best bikes in the world. They're the Ferraris, they're the Bugattis, Absolutely. they're the Maseratis, yeah. and uh, and they work really good and they're yeah. pretty. <laughs> uh, but Scott, it's it's such a delight, man. I am so proud with you, um, and so happy for you. And uh, the world shares your joy, and you bring so much joy to all of us, um, both literally by creating bikes that we love to ride. Uh, and, and also just because you're just a good dude and the world needs good dudes and we appreciate you so much, man. Well, thank you. It's been, uh, it's been great having you along for the ride for three quarters of it. You know, that's been wonderful. You know, the biggest, really, the biggest ahead. joys are when uh, business becomes pleasure and it seems like you guys had that intersection. So that's, that's, that's when it all happens. Right. And it's back yep. to what you were saying that play is work and work is play and business yep. is friendship. And you can feel that with you guys. Absolutely. It's been, it's been a good one. <laughs> yeah. Right on it's been a great run. Well, that Scott Nickel. Thank you everyone for spending this time with us on another edition of Swan Dive. 
Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Swan Dive. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and share this episode. Also, we are building a new season of Swan Dive. So if you or you know someone who has experienced a swan dive in their life, please hit us up and contact us through our website, www.swandive.us.